Good morning and welcome to worship today at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor. It's great to be with you all. For those that are joining us online, thank you for for being with us this day as we worship God together. Here at Kern Church, we're committed to creating belonging and hope by connecting you to a life renewed by Jesus and deeply committed to other people. And that's my hope for you today is that you feel that sense of belonging and connection. Right now, let's pray and uh, continue to worship God. God, thank you so much for this day. I I pray blessings upon upon everyone uh, that is here, everyone joining online, everyone that that may be traveling uh, with family for Thanksgiving or having family at their house. And and, and I pray that you just bless people wherever they are. You help people have an encounter with you, if not this morning, sometime this day, so that they can know your presence. They can feel your grace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Have you ever uh, in, in your life prayed about something? You've really been praying about something, hoping for something, maybe something's going on in your life. You, you prayed about something, and then the prayer was answered, and then you started to wonder, oh, maybe it would have happened anyways. Like a time perhaps you, you were praying for rain, and then, hello and behold, it rained. And, and uh, you were thinking, well, it's the weather pattern, and of course it's going to rain anyways. Uh, or the time when you, you prayed that you would be healed of, of something, and then you were healed, and you wondered you know, if, if, God, if God had anything to do about it, or if it was just the Band-Aid or whatever more expensive healing that took place in your life was needed. Or maybe you, you prayed to have children in, in your in your life and bring children into your family. And then if that happened, you wondered, well, maybe that was just biology or maybe that was just circumstance that allowed that to happen. And and I wonder if God really had anything to do about it or if it would have just happened anyways, even if if I hadn't prayed about it. Or maybe you were miserable in in a job. And so you you prayed, you know, God, help me find uh, a way to not be so miserable in this job or help me find another job. And then lo and behold, uh, something happens and a new opportunity opens up, whether it's going back to school or or whether it's a new career opportunity. And and then as that opportunity opens up and then you begin to assume, well, you know, maybe... um, Maybe I'm just really good, and I, and, and I was really much better than my old employer thought I was, and so of course I've got this new opportunity because I'm amazing, and, and, and you really begin to think, well, maybe God didn't have so much to do about it, but it was really just my hard work, or, or um, you know, there's so many times when, when perhaps something is happening in your life and you've prayed about it, and then if it happened, you, you just begin to think, well, well maybe it would have happened anyways. One of my favorite stories that's kind of about this is the story that is told about the the late Peter Marshall and, and Peter Marshall was um, in the in uh, like the the 40s the 1940s he was the the chaplain to the United States Senate and he's kind of a famous uh, famous person in in the United States religious circles I guess uh, but he was talking with someone who had been extremely successful in in business and um, when when he was pleased to um, to, to realize the power of God before he was extremely successful and was really just kind of moderately successful. He was really able to realize the power of God and the presence of God in his life and, and in the way he lived his life. 
Uh, but then he became extremely overly successful in, in business, and he had a hard time with this. He had a hard time realizing that this that this success might also be uh, be a part of God. And the story goes is that the man came to Marshall and said, "I, I have a problem." This has to do with giving. He says, I have a problem. I've been tithing, which is giving 10% of your income. I have, I've been tithing for some time, and it wasn't too bad when I was making $20,000 a year. I, I could um, afford to give 2000 Just so you know, 20000 about that time is like equivalent to, to $275,000 today. So that's kind of the, 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 the ballpark here. So he said, I, when I was making twenty grand, which was a lot of money then, he, he said, I could afford to give $2,000, but you see, now I'm making $500,000, which is the equivalent of like $7 million today, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm making $500,000, and there's just no way I could afford to give away $50,000 a year, which I guess 10% of $7 million is like, what, $700,000 or something like that? Yeah, okay, that, that shouldn't have done that. It can be dangerous. You're just moving decimal points, but I didn't write that down. And so, but like, you know, I, I, I can afford to give two thousand, but I can't afford to give seven hundred thousand. I mean, that's a lot of money. Um, and, and 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 it's not all that important realizing what the, the 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 finances there is. But then Peter Marshall was reflecting on this this man's dilemma and realizing that he really did have a problem of realizing God's presence and power in his life. And he simply said, "Yes, sir. You know, I see that you do have a problem here, and I think that we ought to pray." Is that okay? And of course, the man, Peter Marshall's respected. He's a, the Senate chaplain. And, and the man said, of course, yes, please pray with me. And, and, and Peter Marshall prayed with boldness and authority. The story is told. And he says, dear Lord, this man has a problem. And I pray that you will help him. Lord, reduce his salary back to the place where he can afford to tithe. Because it's not about the amount of money, it's about the heart of realizing the presence of God in your life. What this story highlights is it's not about the amount, but it's that abundance and breakthroughs and miracles will sometimes perhaps oftentimes, produce greed and produce a feeling of self-sufficiency that you did this and it's all about you. And it's so important to be on guard against this. For the past several weeks, we have been exploring our, our message series, Harvesting a Breakthrough in Your Life. And each week, we've looked at a different practice, practice of, of, of promoting breakthrough, a different practices of helping you partner with God in finding miracles and breakthroughs in your life and in your church and in your community. And these practices we've looked at are, are prayer, are serving others, and are of generosity. And here's the thing about partnering with God and, and promoting breakthroughs and promoting miracles is that God actually makes them happen. God actually makes miracles happen. Jesus taught his followers to pray for miracles and then expect God to make them happen. And so it's not a surprise that, it shouldn't be a surprise really, that God does in fact make miracles happen. And I've heard stories over the past few weeks from many of you about, about how God has provided miracles and breakthroughs in your life, maybe presently or, or in years past in powerful ways. But here's the thing, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, it can be easy to forget that the miracles actually come from God. 
It can be easy to forget that the breakthroughs and power in your life actually come from God and not just your own self-will. It's easy to get greedy and to believe that, that your own self-sufficiency is, is, is the cause of whatever goodness has happened in your life. Maybe you think it's the way that you work hard or your circumstance or, or chance or whatever the case may be is the cause of miracles in your life. But the thing is, when you, when you begin to grow complacent and when you begin to start thinking that it's all about you, you can begin to grow greedy and that is a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be because it puts you outside of what God wants for your life. It puts you outside of what God wants for, you, for your life and puts you outside of God's miracles. So when, when you harvest a breakthrough or when God harvests his breakthrough or miracles in your life, you can't just take it for granted. You can't just take it for granted that it has happened. Instead, you have to be intentional about how you respond. You have to be intentional about how you respond and how you live with that miracle and live with those breakthroughs. I mean, this is important stuff. I mean, it really is. In fact, this is something that God has a lot to say about. You see, many years ago, like a long time ago, before the birth of, of Jesus, we're about to talk about the birth of Jesus at Christmas, but before the birth of Jesus, like hundreds of years before, before Jesus was born, God had a special relationship with some people who were living in Egypt. And these people weren't just living in Egypt, they were, they were slaves in Egypt, and, and you, you likely know these people by the name of the Israelites or the Hebrew people, and so the Hebrew people, the Israelites, were enslaved in Egypt, and, and they, were, they were really in a really difficult place, and, and they cried up to God, and, and God heard their cries, and, and we learn through, through reading the Bible that, um, that, that God then delivered these people, they brought them out of slavery in Egypt, and led them to a... A, a new place. And God wrote, raised up this guy named Moses. Maybe you've heard of Moses before. And, and, and God uh, bestowed upon Moses certain gifts and, and, and abilities and said, Moses, what I want you to do is I want you to lead these people who are hurting, these people who need a miracle. I want you to leave them out of this place, out of slavery, lead them on a journey to a new land. And this new land is going to be filled with promise. And it's going to be filled with prosperity. It's going to be filled with miracles. And it's going to be filled with breakthrough. And God intended that they would live faithful lives in this new land that God was giving them. But God also knew that they were forgetful. And they weren't forgetful because they were Israelites. They were forgetful because they were human beings. And God knew that they were going to get comfortable at some point and that they might get greedy thinking that they are self-sufficient for all that they need and then forget about God. So if you have a Bible and want to follow along, maybe looking at the book of Deuteronomy, which again, this is, this is in the Old Testament of the Bible. It's like the fifth book of, of, of the Bible. And be looking at, at about chapter, chapter 8 in this Bible. And here the people, they're still, these Hebrew people, they're still on their journey uh, to get to this new promised land. Uh, but before they get there, Moses, the, the guy who God asked to kind of lead these people, is, is writing to them or is warning them um, that they need to be careful. He's warning them about the lie of self-sufficiency. So here's what he said in Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning in verse 7. He says, because the Lord your God is bringing you to a wonderful land, a land so God is bringing you to this new place. This, this blessing and miracle is happening because of God. Because God is bringing you to this new place, 
a, a land that, that has springs and wells that gush up in the valleys and the hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and, and, and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat without any shortage and you won't lack a thing there, a land where stone is, is as hard as iron and where you will mine copper from the hills. You will eat and you will be satisfied and you will bless the Lord your God in the wonderful land that he has given you. So, so Moses tells the people, God is harvesting a breakthrough in your lives. And, and, and things are a little difficult now. They were on a big journey, uh, a big, big journey. They were, things were a little difficult now, but your future is going to be grand. Your future is great. Your future is actually better than you could even imagine. And, and there is going to be enough for you. And you are not going to lack for anything. So everything is going to be taken care of. And most importantly, this is all God's doing. God blessing you in a powerful way. But Moses knows, Moses knows that it can be easy to forget that God is the source of blessing. Moses knows that it can be easy for people to begin to think that they are, are the source of their own blessing, that they, that they and that you are really self-sufficient in all that you have. So he gives them a warning in verse 11. But watch yourself, he says, but watch yourself. Don't forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commands or his case laws or his regulations that I'm commanding you right now. When you eat, get full, build nice houses and settle down. And when your herds and your flocks are growing large, your silver and gold are multiplying and everything you have is thriving, don't become arrogant forgetting the Lord your God. Moses says, when you are fat and happy... Don't get arrogant. When you're fat and happy, don't think you are the one that was the source of this, of this uh, being satiated. Don't think you are the one that's the source of your abundance. Don't start thinking you are self-sufficient here and forget about God. And then he goes on to remind them that everything, everything that God has done for them. He reminds them by saying in verse um, down, he, he reminds him by saying on down, and, and don't become arrogant forgetting the Lord your God, the one who rescued you from Egypt, from the house of slavery, the one who led you through this vast and terrifying desert of poisonous snakes and scorpions, of cracked ground with no water, the one who made water flow out of the hard rock. I mean, these are miracles that if you read the Old Testament, that God performs for the people. They're miracles that God performs for them and says, don't forget that I have done this, done this for you. This is the one who fed you from manna in the wilderness, which your ancestors had never experienced, in order to humble and test you, but in order to do good, good to you in the end. So don't think to yourself, my own strength and abilities have produced all this prosperity for me. Remember the Lord your God. He's the one who gives you the strength to be prosperous in order to establish the covenant he made with your ancestors. And that's how things stand right now. So don't think to yourself that you built this. Whatever success you have, you didn't build it. Moses knows 
And, and, and this is going to be hard because Moses knows people like to, to be self-sufficient. And, and I have to say that, that if this was hard for ancient Israelites, man, I mean, it's really hard for 21st century Americans. I mean, it's really hard for, for Americans because in America, we glorify self-sufficiency. We glorify doing it on your own. We have this idea that there is value on doing things yourself, on not relying on others, of being self-sufficient and everything. I mean, while this may make people feel patriotic, um, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but God says that self-sufficiency is a lie. That self-sufficiency is a lie because elsewhere in the Bible, and this was actually written by an early Christian pastor, a guy by the name of Paul in the New Testament, it clearly states that self-sufficiency is a lie. Paul writes to some Christians saying that all things are from him, all things are from God. All things are through God, and all things are for God. So may the glory be to God forever. When Moses was warning the Israelites, the Hebrew people, that God was freeing from slavery and leading to a blessed and promised place, when Moses was warning them, he didn't have these words of Paul, but he knew, he knew the dangers of feeling self-sufficient. Well, you might be thinking, well, what is the danger? What is the danger of feeling self-sufficient? Because I like to do things on my own. I mean, I like to do things on my own. Uh, I, I like to be able to handle things and take care of things. But, but, but there is a danger here, and, and the danger is what comes next. Uh, what comes next in Moses' warning? And here's the thing in Moses' warning. It, it may be difficult to hear, but Moses is about to tell us that God's blessing is not unconditional. That God's miracles and breakthroughs are not unconditional. If you begin to believe the lie of self-sufficiency, you begin to grow complacency, and complacency lands you into trouble because you're going to need miracles again. You're going to need help in your life again pretty soon. And you see, for the Israelites and for the Jewish people in the Bible, God is giving them this new land to call home, but the gift is not unconditional. The gift is not unconditional. It is not that they are going to get this land that God is sending them to and it's theirs forever because they think it's theirs forever. That's not what happens. Instead, Moses says in verses 19 and 20, but if you do that, if you do in fact forget the Lord your God and follow other gods. So if you get fat and happy and forget that God is involved in this whole scenario, if you forget to follow God, serving and bowing down to other gods instead, I swear to you right now, that you will be completely destroyed. Just like the nations that the Lord is destroying before you, that's exactly how you will be destroyed. All because you didn't obey the Lord your God's voice. Some have mistaken this mistaken belief that, that God gave this certain piece of land to the ancient Israelites unconditionally and forever. Like, because God wanted to give it to certain people that it's theirs forever. Amen. But throughout the Bible, we find that God always has conditions. That God always has conditions on the people and the land. Throughout the Bible, we find that when the people, the Israelites especially, forget about God and start to treat other people poorly, that God removes them from the land. That God removes them from the land because they have forgotten that God is God and they are not. 
Not remembering the blessings of God has dangerous consequences. The reality is that God's blessing has conditions. And as somebody who thinks about God as this loving and and, and all-wonderful being, this is hard to hear. This is hard to say that sometimes God's blessing does have conditions. And it's when you start to believe the lie of self-sufficiency, especially when when you grow fat and happy, that you start blocking God's breakthroughs and God's miracles in your lives in your church, at your workplace, and in your community. So in light of this, besides just feeling bad about ourselves and, you know, really kind of dour about the whole scenario, what, what are you to do? Well, the good news, the good news is that gratitude is, is, is a powerful antidote. And that's what Moses is talking about. Gratitude guards your heart and your life from the lie of self-sufficiency. Gratitude guards your heart and your life from the lie of self-sufficiency. When Moses was, was warning the Israelites about the temptation and the lie of, of self-sufficiency, he, he warned them to remember that their blessings and their breakthroughs, that they come from God. So when you experience breakthroughs and blessings in, in your life, be grateful because gra- gratitude guards your heart from the lie of self-sufficiency. And our nation just celebrated Thanksgiving, and I hope that, 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 that you all had a blessed Thanksgiving, uh, maybe around tables with, with friends, with family, whatever the scenario, maybe some of, some of you traveled to, to, to go be with family. For me, it's always a great reminder of the importance of, of gratefulness, of, of giving thanks back to the one to whom thanks is owed. And honestly, in the midst of life, it is so easy to take things for granted, just to assume that things are going to be a certain way. It's easy to take things for granted and to become complacent in the presence of God and to begin to believe the lie of self-sufficiency. It's easy to forget that it's even necessary to give gratitude. And this is why it's so important to practice giving thanks. Because gratitude is the thing that guards your life from the lie of self-sufficiency. You know, there are many things that you can do to to cultivate a spirit of of gratitude in your life, a spirit of gratefulness in your life. I know some people who who keep a gratitude journal, and they'll they'll write down on every day in in their journal, you know, these are the things that I'm grateful for for today. These are the things that that give me joy that I'm I'm grateful for. Others make it a practice to to really be specific in their prayers and to, to name before God and to give thanks of three things each and every day for which they're grateful. Three things that, that, that in the midst of whatever blessing or hardship that's going on in life, just finding three things for which to be grateful. Lord, I'm, I'm thankful and grateful that I can place my feet on the ground, that, that I can speak. I'm grateful to be surrounded by people who care about me or whatever the case may be. These types of practices help you set an intention to be on the lookout for gratefulness, to, to not just, it's not just a one and done thing, but when you do these things, whether it's praying about gratefulness or writing them down, it sets an intention in your mind and your heart to be able to, to, to live your life looking for ways in which to be grateful. Something my family does, and this is something that, that I really love, it's nothing I, I can take credit for because uh, my wife Hope is the one who started, and my, my kids are the one who started this practice, but we have... Um, 
We have this, this, I think it's like a gratitude, gratefulness tree in the middle of our dining room table, and it looks different at different times. But the goal here is that you're supposed to take a leaf and write on a pencil what you're grateful for and then place it on the tree. And, and we don't really read them. We don't make a big deal about it. But I, sometimes when I'm in a bad mood, I get pressured to, uh, to make one of these leaves, and I really appreciate that. Um, I don't, but I do now. Uh, you know, to, to, to write one of these moments of gratitude and to write them down and, and place them on the tree. And then when the tree gets full, we pull them off and start to read them and we're reminded of the ways that God has blessed and reminded of the ways that we are thankful as a way of recalling the gratefulness in our hearts. And this has been such a blessing because gratitude guards your life from the lie of self-sufficiency. So if you already have a practice in your life for gratitude, I give thanks for that. But if you don't, my encouragement for you and for your family is to create a new gratitude practice this week. To create a new practice this week if you don't have one. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe, maybe uh, you're grateful for something and you just want to name it, name three of them every day. Whatever the practice, and if you need help, like Google's really good at this because there's people that, that you know, make clickbait posts about how to be really grateful and you can just click on one. And sometimes there's really great ideas. And, 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 and to help you make a right start of this, in, in your bulletin under the next steps place, there's a, there's a box. And you don't need my box, but, but you, you can, I want to encourage you to just reflect on, on, on the ways that you're grateful. And maybe you want to write down here on this, this place as a way of starting your journal. You don't have one yet. You don't have the perfect way. But maybe you just write three things for which you're grateful for on this. And keep it with you and carry it with you as a reminder to be grateful in your life. And then maybe also you want to write one new way that you can practice to promote gratefulness in your life because gratitude really does Guard your life from the lie of self-sufficiency. And so as we conclude talking about breakthroughs and talking about miracles, I, I want to invite you to continue praying for them and working for them because God is going to make them happen. But also you have to remember that when God does make them happen, to be grateful, to respond with the spirit of gratefulness, to respond with the spirit of gratitude so that you don't fall into the lies of self-sufficiency and complacency in your life again, that you can continue to be a part of God's goodness, of God's greatness, by being grateful. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for this day. I thank you for the, the many blessings and, and, and miracles that I know many here have, have shared and, and, and participate in. So I, I pray that that as we move into a season that's getting ready for Christmas, that, that you will open each heart of ways to experience gratitude. And if somebody has a, has a practice in their life that promotes gratefulness and gratitude, Lord, I, I pray that, that, you will, that you will enliven that in them as they are able to continue to give thanks. But if somebody is struggling with how to, how to be grateful, I, I, I pray, oh God, that you would, you would help them. And perhaps help them encounter somebody that can talk with them and pray with them and help them practice gratitude because gratitude is something that can just take over and really form inside of each one a spirit of hopefulness and a spirit that guards against the things that are difficult. Help us to be grateful. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I, I pray that God forms in you, the God who can forms in you a spirit of gratefulness and gratitude this day, that it spills out into all of your life and you live with expectation of what God can do in and through you 
I want to remind you about our, our 32-hour prayer vigil for December 15th and 16th as, as we have some discussions and discerning of, of the next steps that God's inviting us to take as a church. And I, I ask that you uh, consider marking this down and to signing up to, to pray, to take one of our prayer slots to pray during this 32 hours of intentional prayer. May the Lord bless you this day in a powerful way. Go with His blessing and peace. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.